Hello, and welcome to the Ram Gad Pod, the Realtors Association of Maui Government Affairs Director podcast. I am your host, Jason Economou, Government Affairs Director for the Realtors Association of Maui, and this is my podcast. Thank you for listening. It is Tuesday, August 27th, 2019, and I am here to give you um, a short update, and uh, then I'm going to do something a little different. I am going to read a statement on the Lahaina Injection Well case. Um, It's a pretty complex case. It's a pretty complex issue, so I decided I was going to write out my thoughts and read it rather than just wing it and ramble. Um, So that's coming up after this brief update. So let's get started with the update. Wailuku Improvements. Phase 1A of the Wailuku Civic Center Complex project is set to begin in September. Updates on Wailuku construction, along with mitigation efforts that will be implemented during construction, can be found at wailukulive.com. The county will also be hosting several workshops and meetings on changes to the commercial mixed-use zoning district of the Wailuku Redevelopment Area Zoning and development code on the following dates. August 27th at 200 South High Street on the 9th floor in the Mayor's Conference Room from 3.30 to 4.30 p.m. Uh, It's a zoning amendments workshop. On September 13th at 250 South High Street in the Kalana O. Maui Building, the Planning Conference Room. At 1 p.m., they will have the Maui Redevelopment Agency special meeting. On September 27th, at 250 South High Street uh, in the planning conference room as well. They will have another Maui Redevelopment Agency meeting at 1 p.m. Regarding the West Maui Community Plan, the Community Plan Advisory Committee, or CPAC, meeting will take place on Wednesday, August 28th at the Lahaina Civic Center Social Hall at 5.30 p.m. The meeting will focus on policies and actions related to Section 2, Goal 2.2 of the Draft West Maui Community Plan, a complete, balanced, and connected transportation network. If you want more information, please check out wearemaui.org. Regarding the Maui Metropolitan Planning Organization, the Maui MPO will have a policy board meeting on Friday, August 30th at 9 a.m. in the Kala Pukui Planning Conference Room located at 250 South High Street. The agenda and more information can be found at MauiMPO.org. In the area of affordable rental housing, you can still uh, get your application into Hale Mahaolu for the Kahului Lani Phase 1 a beautiful 82-unit low-income rental housing complex for seniors age 55 and above, located at 65 School Street in Kahului. Applications are available for pickup at the Hale Mahaolu Central Office from 9.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, from August 12th through August 30th. Applicants must be 55 or older, and the target move-in date is February 1st. So, time is running out. Time is also running out for the first-time homebuyers program. The County of Maui is still accepting applications for its first-time homebuyer down payment assistance program. 
completed applications and credit pre-approval letters must be received by 4.30 p.m. on Friday, August 30th, 2019. Lottery drawing is scheduled for 9 a.m. on Saturday, September 7th, 2019. For more information, you can search online or call Jessica Kraus at 270-1741. In the world of RAM, we have the Membership Gala on Friday, September 6th at the Four Seasons from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, members should RSVP by September 3rd. Yesterday, I shot a nice RPAC promotional video uh, with my dear, dear friend Brendan O'Coleman and his wife Ashley. Um, that's going to be a good one. So if you want to see the silly RPAC video that we put together for that, um, please RSVP by September 3rd. And while you're at it, you should go ahead and pay your membership dues if you have not done so already. The dues are due by September 30th, so you can go online and pay those. The podcast. This week's interview is with the one, the only, David Ballou. Um, it's actually a really fun interview. I got to learn a lot about my boss. It is super casual. It was a relaxed conversation. Um, I'm a big fan of David Ballou. I think I think he's just just great. Um, and I'm not just saying that because because he's my boss. Um, I really really like the guy. I, I also love his love of board games. Um, it's one of my favorite things about him. And, um, yeah, it's a great interview. You should definitely check it out. It was, it was a ton of fun to record. Um, and just recently I sat down and I recorded one with Dave DeLeon that will come out in, like, three or four weeks. And that one is, is another one of those really relaxed ones. But David Ballou is a great boss. He is a great interview guest. Um, we both have really nice voices, so it's worth it just to listen to it for the voice quality. Uh, if you're looking for where to listen to the podcast, good news is you can just Google it. Google Ram Gad Pod, and a bunch of options will pop up now. Uh, but in addition to that, you can go to Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. And I think we're even on the Apple Podcast app now. Um, so check it out. And now, as I had previously promised um, in last week's episode that, like, I don't know, got I think it got like 10 plays. That, that was a, a good record for us. Um, I'm going to talk about this injection well thing. So bear with me here. As to the injection well case... I have a lot of thoughts that I am still organizing, so forgive me if the following isn't quite clear, but this case is actually a lot more complex than it's being presented. For context, I'm going to need to give you some background information. Injection wells are drilled into bedrock, and the water that gets injected makes its way through the rock and into groundwater. Because groundwater is a primary source of drinking water, it is regulated under the Safe Drinking Water Act. There's a federal Safe Drinking Water Act, as well as a corresponding state Safe Drinking Water Act. The federal act requires the EPA to set the maximum contaminant levels for drinking water, and there is a permitting process for injection well discharges that go into groundwater related to those maximum contaminant levels. The Safe Drinking Water Act gives primary enforcement authority for underground injection control programs, or injection wells, to the states. 
This means that the federal EPA gets to set the maximum contaminant levels for what goes into our groundwater, but Hawaii has primary authority to set more stringent standards than the federal government. Maui County went through the permitting process under the Safe Drinking Water Act and got the correct permits. If the issue is that the quality of water being put into the groundwater is somehow getting into the ocean and killing the reef, we need to get the state to set a more stringent standard for the water quality that's going into those injection wells. Even if we stopped using the injection wells completely, which there are a lot of reasons why that is impractical that I won't go into right now, the water reuse program uses the same water that would go into those injection wells. So that water will still get into the ocean and it'll still get into the groundwater. The plaintiffs in the case should have built a coalition and lobbied the state legislature to set a higher standard if they were solely concerned with contaminating the ocean. In reality, the plaintiffs were primarily concerned with forcing the county to expand its water reuse program, which, as we established, uses the same water as is going into the injection wells. If they had not pursued the legal action, but instead moved for legislative action, it would have allowed Hawaii to maintain sovereignty over its groundwater and maintain authority over permitting of discharges that enter our drinking water. Instead, through the Ninth Circuit's decision, a discharge into Hawaii's groundwater will now require a National Pollutant Discharge Elimination Systems Permit, or NPDES Permit, or NPEDS Permit, under the Clean Water Act. Under the Clean Water Act, the federal government has primary enforcement authority, and the federal EPA sets the standards. This means Hawaii has far less power to set environmental standards, and the federal government gets complete say over the quality of the water that can discharge into our groundwater. So, all this business about not letting the case go before, quote, Trump's Supreme Court is a little silly to me. Because if we withdraw the appeal now, Trump's EPA gets to decide what goes into Hawaii's drinking water. In a big way, this case is about state sovereignty. Another big problem is that the NPDES permitting system is designed for discharges that come from a point source. The Ninth Circuit's opinion disregards the point source requirement because the contamination is, quote, fairly traceable from the wells to the groundwater. From a legal theory perspective, I get what the court is saying, but from a complex permitting standpoint, the NPDES structure just won't work. That means either the county can't get a permit and will have to build ocean outfalls to meet the Clean Water Act point source requirement, or the feds create a new permitting process and have sole discretion over the quality of water discharged into our groundwater from here on out. For a little more detail on this point regarding the technicalities of the NPDES permit, uh, you should check out a great opinion that was published by John List in the Maui News on Friday, August 23rd. It's called Ninth Circuit's Ruling Expands the Scope of Clean Water Act. If the case goes before the Supreme Court, it is highly unlikely the court will be able to, quote, gut the Clean Water Act in any way, even close to the way that the Ninth Circuit was already able to gut the Safe Drinking Water Act. The issue presented before the court is this, and hear me out. This is a quote of the specific issue that the court will be considering. Quote, 
whether the Clean Water Act requires a permit when pollutants originate from a point source but are conveyed to navigable waters by a non-point source, such as groundwater. This is a question of permitting authority. It is a complex legal question of permitting authority. Not about regulations, not about standards, but about permitting authority. Trump already has the power to gut the Clean Water Act. By having the EPA roll back standards for discharges into navigable waterways, Trump can undo the Clean Water Act. We've seen the Trump administration uh, roll back federal standards for the Clean Air Act and other environmental legislation. The Clean Water Act is no different. He can have the EPA roll back Safe Drinking Water Act standards, but the Safe Drinking Water Act gives the states primary authority over injection well discharges, which would have allowed us to protect our residents. At this point, the best way to protect the quality of our drinking water and our reef is to hope that the Supreme Court rules that the state maintains permitting authority under the Safe Drinking Water Act and that we get to set the standards. Otherwise, the maximum contaminant levels get set by the feds, and we get no say. In addition to all those issues, there's the liability aspect of this whole thing. If the appeal is withdrawn, it is essentially saying that a Clean Water Act permit is required when pollutants originate from a point source but are conveyed to navigable waters by non-point sources, such as groundwater. Therefore, Anyone with a septic tank or cesspool in the area could face liability if they do not obtain an NPDES permit under the Clean Water Act. I know that a lot of folks have been saying that the state and the county promise they won't go after anyone for this, but that is irrelevant. Clean Water Act liability can arise through civil suits like the one brought by the Hawaii Wildlife Fund in the present instance. Another fun thing to consider when it comes to liability is that under the federal rules of civil procedure, class action lawsuits work for both plaintiffs and defendants. What I mean by that is that a plaintiff can bring a suit against an entire class of defendants. Now, what would happen if a concerned group brought a suit against a defendant class of all property owners with individual wastewater systems located above the Lahaina aquifers. Now, these individual systems are identifiable point sources of contamination that go into groundwater that has a known hydrologic connection to the ocean. It might seem far-fetched, but a lawsuit based on this legal theory has already been brought in a federal district court on the East Coast. It is only a matter of time until... Hawaii residents, not big businesses, but individual homeowners, your auntie, your uncle, your mom, you, might be faced with liability for not having a federal permit for something that you didn't even know you needed a permit for, for something that a permitting structure doesn't exist for. It's only a matter of time. Now, the final point I want to make is that I don't like that people are being manipulated by propaganda. The emails going out from the Sierra Club hardly even mention that there's an actual legal dispute 
and a legitimate question over the interpretation of federal law. They don't mention the history of this case, the effects of this case on the Clean Water Act and the Safe Drinking Water Act, the issues surrounding state sovereignty or our groundwater, or even the actual question before the court. Instead, they have some compelling graphics and they say that you are either with the environmentalists or you are with Trump and the worst polluters. This is the type of stupid identity politics that everyone warns against. They fail to mention that a lot of reputable groups have sided with the county. Here are just a few. The National Association of Clean Water Agencies, National Conference of State Legislatures, National Association of Counties, International City-County Management Association, the International Municipal Lawyers Association, the Association of California Water Agencies, National Water Resources Association, National Association of Home Builders, the Pacific Legal Foundation, and the Federal Water Quality Coalition are just a few. There are a lot of other folks who have filed briefs and made legal arguments in support of the county. Now, the Sierra Club has been happy to point out that some of those briefs were drafted by Republicans. But they failed to point out that some Republicans also drafted briefs in support of their position. Now, granted, those briefs weren't as good. Um, and they don't have that feel-good factor like pointing out that the craft brewers of America support you. But the fact is, the law seems to side with Maui County on this one. And even if it doesn't, it's best to let the Supreme Court clarify what federal law means. Currently, there is a split between the circuits. Currently, lawsuits are arising based on a legal theory that nobody's really sure of, and it's based on an interpretation of law that was avoided by the federal government when they drafted the Clean Water Act. So, I'm not saying how I want the Supreme Court to rule here, but what I am saying is there's a lot of compelling reasons why they should rule, why the Supreme Court should get an opportunity to clarify what the federal law says. Ultimately, I think what's best for Hawaii is home rule. I think the state of Hawaii should have primary authority over what goes into its groundwater. I think the state of Hawaii should set more stringent standards for the quality of water that we treat and that we release back into our environment. And I think that if this case is settled, the state of Hawaii loses its authority it loses sovereignty over its groundwater. It loses the ability to set those stringent standards, and the federal government takes over. If you're really afraid of Trump's EPA or Trump's Supreme Court gutting the Clean Water Act, then what you really want to happen is you want this case to go before the Supreme Court, and you want them to decide that the state permit is what is required, and that the county of Maui needs to comply with state standards for the quality of water that it's putting into those injection wells. And then we need to focus all of our energy towards lobbying the state legislature to increase the purity standards for the water that's going into those injection wells. That's the only way you, you address the environmental concerns 
And that's the only way that Hawaii gets to maintain its sovereignty over its groundwater and its ability to protect its people. That is how environmentalists should be thinking. But instead, I have a feeling a lot of people are just going to side with the Sierra Club because they have a good reputation. They're respectable. They are an environmental group. And they have great marketing materials for this case. Got to give it up to them for that. All right. Well, that is my rant on the Lahaina injection well issue. Um, Thanks for listening to that. Uh, To end this off on a happier note, let me give some shout-outs. So I want to give my weekly shout-out to Larry because Larry's the best. Um, To clarify, it is Roe Berry, uh, Ashley Roe Berry, um, to like row a boat and then bury a body um, or really anything else that you would bury, like a plant. Um, the shout-outs that I want to give, new shout-outs, um, Brendan O'Coleman and Ashley Fowler O'Coleman. Uh, O'Colmain. Um, Brendan is a State Farm agent, but he is also a DJ and an all-around awesome guy. He is one of my best friends, and he helped me out by... Um, acting in a silly RPAC video with me. Uh, He stayed late after work at his office and let me sit behind his desk while we recorded this whole thing. And his wife, who works for the Maui Huliao Foundation, and um, she's just a really inspiring person as far as um, how busy and active she is, how driven she is. Ashley is amazing. She has been one of my wife's best friends for a long time. She's one of my best friends now. And um, they're just great people. So I want to give them a shout-out and shout-out to the boss man, David Ballou, for um, letting me do this podcast and for being such a good podcast guest and for being um, just just a a great person to work with um, all around. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care. Uh, This Thursday, new interview with David Ballou. It's going to be a good one. And love you. Bye.